ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome on in, Orange Nation. Steven Fonte, Mario Sacco here. Artist of the day, David Crosby and Crosby, Stills and Nash. As the American singer, guitarist, and songwriter passed away at the age of 81, we'll be playing some of the hits of him and his group today on Orange Nation all throughout the show. I, I learned today that, that he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. He's a, a founding member of the Birds, founding member of Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and uh, was, uh, was honored twice uh, in that capacity. Uh, all right, let's go to our guest line. If you happen to be watching us on QSportsTalk.com, you see our next guest uh, live and in person, the voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, a 2003 Q grad, Andy Demetra, joining us on the show. Andy, great to have you on. And uh, I, I guess let's, let's just start with an overview uh, of this year's team. You know, we know uh, Georgia Tech's got the, the one conference win, an impressive one over Miami, but they're just 1-7 in conference play, 8-10 and 10 overall. Walk us through the, the first half of the season. I think it boils down to this team has struggled to score, and the numbers bear that out. They showed their ceiling uh, in that win, like you said, versus Miami. And Josh Pastor has been largely buoyant about the job his team has done defensively, but uh, they've just struggled to get consistent scoring. And I think that was not necessarily a surprise because they lost their top two scores off of last year's team in Michael DeVoe and Jordan Usher. They have a really promising nucleus of sophomores in Miles Kelly, Debo Coleman, Jalen Moore, but they're asking them to step into a lot larger of a responsibility this year. And I think what has hampered Georgia Tech through the first eight games of conference play is they just don't have that alpha bucket getter emerge yet that you sometimes need when a play breaks down, the shot clock's winding down, you can put that ball in his hands, clear everybody out, give them a ball screen, and let him go create. Now, part of that is a function of Georgia Tech's system offensively. I think it's mistakenly described as a Princeton offense. It's got some Princeton principles, but it's not necessarily a Princeton offense per se. But it is very equal opportunity, which doesn't always lend itself to just, you know, load up a, a pick and roll, have somebody parked in the corner and find a bucket that way. Uh, but Georgia Tech has struggled to find that guy who can regenerate some offense if things have slowed down, who can just single-handedly stop a run. And and, and that, that's hurt. Georgia Tech, particularly in the second halves of, of these ACC games. But, you know, at the same time, they've showed their potential with what they did versus Miami. Uh, Josh still feels like they're they're close to a breakthrough, and they're, they're continuing to plug along here, and we'll see what the second half of ACC play holds for them. We look at the ACC, and they have a win over Miami. You guys also have a win over Georgia early in the year. You know, uh, Georgia's a pretty good team in the SEC. And when I look at you guys, you know, Miles Kelly, lone player that scores in double figures, he struggles against NC State, but I thought a guy that stepped up well, was Jalen Moore in that basketball game. You know, how can he cause Syracuse problems come Saturday? Well, Jalen Moore will have to be kind of the Moses Wright light for Georgia Tech to be successful tomorrow. Remember the last two years that Moses Wright faced Syracuse? He was like factory made against the 2-3 just to catch and rip from the elbow or hit those soft jumpers from 15 feet out. 
And Jalen, I think, has to fill that role. Um, you know, he's a better than 70% free throw shooter, so he has that touch in him. Uh, he's quick off the floor. He's athletic. He's still, I think, growing into the game. He's still a young sophomore, but he's going to have to be really good tomorrow. Now, he is coming off a career-high 17 points versus North Carolina State. He was active around the rim. Uh, like with most young players, consistency from game to game can be an issue for him, but he knows that uh, a lot of Georgia Tech's success tomorrow may hinge on how effective, effective and, uh, and efficient he can be uh, from that high post area. You know, uh, Andy, we've seen uh, Georgia Tech give Syracuse some trouble uh, in recent years. Last year, uh, Syracuse needed overtime to win that game. The year before that, Georgia Tech uh, knocked them off down there in Atlanta. Um, I guess walk us through the the blueprint for for beating the Oranges. Josh Pastner would, would would look at it, and you know they've got some pieces back from last year's team um, that that gave Syracuse some trouble. Do you, do you think this team has the makeup to? to do it again, to put a scare into the orange, make it a, a second-half game and, and put themselves in position to you know to knock them off in the final five minutes or so. Sure, and, and what I think has given Syracuse some problems against Georgia Tech in recent years has been the Yellow Jackets' defense. And no team in the ACC switches its defenses more during a game than Georgia Tech. That, that's been part of their identity really since Josh Pastor came to Tech. So you'll see a lot of different fronts and looks and you know, Georgia Tech plays mixing zone defenses that's got a lot of unorthodox slides and rotations to them that can be difficult for guards to decipher. And that's what really uh, handicapped Miami when they came to Atlanta and Georgia Tech beat them. Isaiah Wong was rendered almost completely ineffective because he just could not figure out how to find his spot against those mixing zone defenses that Tech threw at him. And I think that's given Georgia, uh, Syracuse's guards some intermittent issues uh, in recent seasons. So they're going to have to be really sharp, I think, in their zones. They're going to have to rebound well out of their area. They're going to have to win those first-chance defensive rebounds. And so I think the blueprint for Georgia Tech really begins on, on the defensive end can they get some baskets in transition uh, for a team that's not the most skilled offensively? If you can vulture some points on the fast break off of long runouts, uh, I think that's going to be a big part of, of a successful day for Georgia Tech. Uh, and so really it starts right there. Uh, and, and if they can jam up Syracuse's offense just with, with, with all the different defensive looks they're going to throw at Gerard and Mintz and the rest of that backcourt, as far as Georgia Tech offensively, look, uh, it's never a good sign when you go two for 21 from three, like Tech did on Tuesday versus NC State. But they have shown a fairly encouraging ability to bounce back the following game after they've struggled from three. And Josh has said this team has the potential, keyword potential, obviously, to be the best three-point shooting team that he's had in his seven seasons at Georgia Tech. And you've seen little glimmers and glimpses of that throughout this season. Uh, but they're going to have to definitely spray it and, and show that three-point shooting ability uh, if they want to be there at the end against Syracuse. And, and, and they have that in them. It's just a matter of can they get their three-point shooters lined up on the same day to do it. Andy, what do you make? You, you talked about seven seasons, Josh Pastner. What do you make of the job that, that he's done? Uh, you know, kind of the hot name on the table when, when he came to Georgia Tech. Um, how do you assess, you know, you, you see these coaches stepping down? I preface this with, you know, Mike Bray leaving at the, at the end of the year. You know, a lot of turnover, so to say, in the ACC over these last couple of years. How would you assess Josh Pastor's coaching job? Well, I mean, look, he's taken Georgia Tech to an NCAA tournament 
which was the first time in 11 years. Uh, he sent several guys to the NBA, like Josh Okogie and Jose Alvarado and other guys who were in the G League. So he knows how, ide- how to identify talent. Georgia Tech, I think, is a little different than most ACC programs in that they have to be more focused on development and bringing in guys, developing them over several years so that they can have a season like they had in 2021 where they had a a roster full of older guys who had been raised, so to speak, in their system. Uh, In the transfer portal era, you know, you can make the argument that Georgia Tech perhaps isn't as well-equipped to get the cream of the crop in the transfer portal as other teams in the ACC for any number of reasons. Uh, And Josh has been very consistent in, in sticking to his philosophy and sticking to his blueprint. This might be one of those transitional years, but, you know, when Jose Alvarado was a sophomore, he was ice cold in ACC play. And Georgia Tech was, I think, 6-12 and 12 in conference. And things started turning the corner the second half of Jose's junior year. And by the senior year, with him and uh, Moses Wright, who was ACC Player of the Year, those guys were as good as you got in the ACC. And so... He's got a formula. He's got a blueprint. I know everybody has different levels of patience, but he's shown the proof of concept and being able to deliver results at Georgia Tech. Uh, But, you know, I I think the time frame, it just has to be a little longer because of Georgia Tech and the the idiosyncrasies of, of of this tech program and who they are in the framework of the ACC. All right, Andy. I know we're we're tight on time here. Uh, Josh Pastner about to set to address the media, so we will uh, we'll let you go. But uh, hopefully, we can do it again. Uh, Syracuse has Georgia Tech uh, twice on the schedule. Hopefully, we can uh, talk to you again next month. Uh, yeah, maybe I can actually see Pauly Sebelia join you guys in the studio as opposed to him uh, malingering on you like yeah. we have this morning. I, I know he's he's looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. I'm sure he'll uh, I'm sure he'll stop and say hi tomorrow. But uh, thanks so he much, is Andy. On for, the highways and byways somewhere between there and Atlanta. I can promise you. He is. He thanks, is. Andy. Andy, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Thanks. Right. Andy Demetra uh, joining us here on the show. We'll hit a timeout when we return. Tim Leonard, voice of the Syracuse women, will be on. They played Georgia Tech last night down in Atlanta. We'll get the lowdown from Tim next on ESPN Radio.